Well, they say every journey begins with the first steps, I guess. So it is 6 a.m. here in Bakersfield, California. Rained last night, hadn't rained in months until yesterday. Off start my six days in the home. Would be my eighth six day adventure. Who knows how far I'm gonna go or what it's gonna be like. But figured I'll get moving and see what happens. Uh, also starting off the Snowdrop 55 hour right now, kind of double dipping and uh, off to do my six mile loop because routine beats motivation. And here we go. Well, it's a half hour in and it's still drizzling raining here in Bakersfield, California, where if I follow the arrow, I could go to Christmas town. But I don't think so. Pioneer Village behind me. First six miles of day one was in the rain. Now at least the sun's come out. I'm trying to finish up at least 10 miles before I take a little bit of a break. Maybe pick up the weasel at mile 10 and do a little bit more. So all's been going well. Been listening to uh, the Book of Basketball with Bill Simmons talking about Dr. J. I remember getting to see Dr. J play against the Atlanta Hawks. I remember watching him go baseline under the basket with a dunk. Amazing player. Sad that so much of his career is not on tape. So the kids can't see how great he was. And I'm off behind, like I said, his partner village where they've got a lot of old buildings. Bakersfield was formed up as a city like in 1890. In fact, the Bakersfield High School that I taught at started back then too. So, and this is Chester Avenue. So onward. Well, a little over three hours later, finishing up 10 miles, stuck to my guns and just been walking. Just a nice leisurely stroll. First two hours in the rain, last hour the sun came out, which is kind of funny because it doesn't rain in Bakersfield. Looking up in the mountains though, and we got some snow. So it's good that I wasn't trying to leave town today because the grapevine might have been closed. Sure it'll be reopening soon. It is Monday, so a lot of people going off to work. And I gotta remember that when I'm feeling beat up and down that being able to do a multi-day race like I'm trying to do today and have done many times in the past is definitely a privilege. So time to take a break for a little bit, change my clothes, get out of the wet stuff, and then head back out for another 10 miler. Plan is to do 10 miles at a time and then take a break. Well, I often talk about routine and definitely this time of year I have a routine since 2013 of walking around in circles, putting in miles night and day for six days. You know, I went to the 2013-2014 uh, um, across the years, Giannis Kuros. Of course, I did my own solo one in 2012-2013. And so I guess just this time of year, I'm used to just putting in miles around the clock. Um, started off yesterday on day one of uh, the six days in the home. Um, kind of put the race on uh, since all the race has been canceled. I didn't really have any plans on going very far. Um, I mean, yeah, 200 miles would have been awesome, but I didn't really want to spend, you know, 12, 15 hours a day walking to get that. And uh, then, of course, my health been an issue with uh, doing the, having that fall in March, taking six weeks off because I couldn't even walk. Then I ended up in the hospital at the end of April with congestive heart failure. And uh, lately I've been doing about 50 miles a week. So I was looking at back at my stats when I was talking to Scott earlier today. And congratulations to him. He's got to 100 miles or about 42 hours into the uh, event. Um, I'm at about 40 miles. And I was looking at it because he was like, hey, you know, what's your goal? And I was like, I don't know, at least. And he said, get it to 100. And I said, yeah, I should be able to get to 100, I hope. Um and uh, <clears throat> I looked at my stats from this past year and, uh, you know, kind of my biggest day was like 120 miles, but that was with a 73-mile 24-hour at the Celtic Winter Classic, which unfortunately we're not having this year. So I, um, and then I was, you know, my next best is maybe 70, 80 miles when I was doing the race across Tennessee and back across Tennessee. So I did like 1,200 miles and 
four months, so I was doing, you know, 10 miles a day. But uh, since then, in September, I didn't realize how much I backed off. I've only been doing like 40, 50 miles a week. So, you know, 100 miles would end up being my second best week of the year. Got over 3,000 for the year. So, you know, 100 miles sounds pretty good. And so after I got done chatting with him on a messenger, I tried to go to sleep. And, uh, you know, I actually, I uh, was, I did, uh, what was it like? I did 10 miles this morning. Then I did, a, well, I did two miles on the treadmill because I've got this swift training program and following cyclist 10K. So I did two miles on that. Then I walked 10 miles. Then I did another three miles or so in the afternoon thought okay I'm done for the day but then I ended up doing another couple miles you know like seven o'clock at night I was gonna go outside but it's too cold so I watched uh Wonder Woman got a little better man I'll tell you the first hour blows and uh it's just boring and uh then I was like okay it's you know 10 o'clock let's go to bed and uh lay down and just not tired at all, which is bizarre because I did almost 18 miles yesterday and 18, 19 today and thinking like I should be tired and I've been sleeping so well ever since my congestive heart failure. You know, they got me on blood pressure medicines and various other stuff. And so my sleep score has been in the 80s. And I've been getting six, seven hours of sleep a night when before I had all this stuff going on, I was getting four or five a night. But guess the old body's like hey it's this time of year this is your annual migration so get up and migrate and uh so at like midnight <laughs> i got back on the treadmill watched some more of the wonder woman on hbo max and uh did another 2.7 miles because it was past midnight so swift's like hey we got another workout for you they, i'm doing like they give you like three or four workouts a, a week i like it where they don't let you do a, you know the workout until a certain time and so I cranked out that 2.7. Really only wanted to do two miles. It was slow. But now I'm just laying here going, I want to go to sleep. And I'm just not being able to go to sleep. So I guess, you know, the body just wants to do what it wants to do. It's funny when I did my very first uh, multi-day race, I remember after the race, especially when I came back from that first, that six day with uh, Kuros, um, when I did 322 um, for a couple days a week after the race I would wake up at two in the morning and my body would just be wanting go move and I remember driving over to the 24-hour fitness and because it was so cold out and walking on the treadmill for 45 minutes or so because my legs I had like the Jimmy legs my legs were like move bitch move and so I'd have to go over there and walk on the treadmill come home and go back to bed and it was like this is so bizarre so oh well um you know I think now definitely try and get a hundred you know, 20 a day would be nice, 120, which would totally be doable. Just got to keep the body moving. Feeling pretty good. The only thing that's kind of bothering me is my feet, kind of sore, and uh, not much else going on. So, up yep, tomorrow will be uh, the 55 hour snow drop ends at like noon or one o'clock. Uh, I guess it's 55 hours. So, I guess one o'clock. I, I don't know. Maybe I can get 55 miles by then, but probably not kind of threw that in the towel I threw that out the window but uh we'll see try and get 100 miles and uh congratulations to those that are out there cranking along with me um there's about five or six of us posting online there's about 24 signed up i'm not sure if they're gonna do the miles but i've got a couple ladies in the 50 mile range uh, my six-day buddy abby from uh up north in washington area i think she's at 57 or so like i said scott's over 100 so we should still see you in the morning. I'm sure I'll wake up and hopefully I'll sleep now. And uh, maybe, uh, who knows, maybe I'll do a, my third day, the other part of uh, talk about day day two or day three. I can't remember what it was of the uh, sixth day with Kuros. Day one, about 12, 13 miles into six days at the home. Walking down 24th Street. Can't see him, but off there in the distance, you can see them pretty good are the mountains with some snow on them because it was raining this morning here in Bakersfield and snowing the mountains down to three or 4,000 feet. And it's funny that our air quality is usually so bad that when I had my record store, especially kids from out of town would come to my store on a wet, cold December and be like, 
what the hell are those? They had no idea. There are mountains 15 miles away. So those are the uh, Tehachapi Mountains and Kern Canyon. So finishing up, do this lap of my two and a half mile F Street loop, which is F, this is F Street. And I'd have you at 15. I'm not sure if I, I think I'm gonna do five miles at a time and then just try and chunk out as many miles as I can in six days since I haven't been too successful the past few years. Well, finishing up mile 18 of my day. It's gonna be my biggest day since way back in January at that Celta Classic where I did 73 miles, but pretty much my other longest days were a couple half marathons. And I think I did one of these uh, hour challenges where I did two miles an hour for nine or 10 hours. So I think I got 18, 20 miles, but I think we we'll call it a day, even though it's only three in the afternoon. Uh, <clears throat> just tried to do a little run walk. Felt pretty good considering I got 16 miles on my legs, but it's still kind of drizzling. And my left leg was hurting me before the day started. And so I'm gonna get home Take a nice long hot shower. Maybe jump on the treadmill later. I think my six days in the home goal is just gonna be a hundred mile week. Probably the biggest mile week I've done all years in the 70s or 80s when I was doing the uh, run across Tennessee challenge, back across Tennessee. It seems like 70 or so is my sweet spot. So 106 days will be a little bit of a stretch not anywhere near what I did solo before, where I did 211 or in a race 322. But I just don't have any interest in being out here all day and all night. I mean, today I've already put in uh, six or so hours of walking and uh, started at six, it's three, yeah. Took a few breaks, did 10 miles this morning. Took like an hour break or so, came out to another five. I'm gonna do another five right now, but the legs really bother me. So I'm just gonna do a quick three and call it a day for at least outdoors. Maybe hop on the treadmill and do a little swift action. We shall see. It's hour 70 of six days in the home. Uh, 3.30 in the morning on a Thursday, the last day of the year of 2020, thankfully. <clears throat> um, Finally got some sleep, which was nice. Here's the uh, results. Got to turn sideways to see it. My buddy Scott, Canadian, 130 miles. His clock time is 44.13, so I guess he's done 44 hours in the past 70 hours. Abby Hendricks is at 70 miles. She's my another one of my buddies who I've done six-day races with. Uh, Leah Sabra was at 55.26. I'm at 54.6. So I'm on pace to get my 106 days. Uh, Tiffany Doors at 50 miles. And Sharon's at 7 miles. I've done uh, 54 miles in 16.58. So happy with that. So those are the uh, kind of results. Um, kind of wanted to kind of look at my Fitbit. Uh, <clears throat> it's kind of nice that... Uh, uh, you can see, like, my heart, resting heart rate started off kind of high this week. Not really sure why. I mean, because, you know, for a while there I was in the 50s, 51, stuff like that. So, came into this week a little stressed out, I guess. And, of course, there's the month. You can see, like, the three-month trend kind of was high back in November. Went all the way down low. And then it's been bouncing around. And then, of course, the year I like looking at this been pretty consistently where it was if you look at March I was going along pretty good had the fall in the grease and didn't do anything for six weeks and then you can see that big spike there in April it's when it up in the hospital with a congestive heart failure so good times and in fact there's Scott sending me a text um, he's guess getting having some feet foot issues which obviously would happen <laughs> doing uh, his goal someday is to get 400 my goal used to be 400 but i think 322 is my pr and just getting a 300 nowadays would be pretty difficult like i was saying before i was pretty happy with the sleep situation 86 in the score 
and got five and a half hours. In fact, really got even more because yesterday I went to sleep at five forty-seven and slept an hour and a half. So actually, last night I got almost for me a whopping seven hours of sleep. So I was very happy with that sleep score. It's nice. Um, and of course, the uh, hours slept. Um, <clears throat> as you can see, past month and then a year. I've been getting a lot better sleep. See, way back there in April when I had the fall and then hospitalization, my sleep was terrible. I was there virgin four a night. So thankfully, one of the good things is my sleep's a lot better with the medications and stuff like that. Then um, exercise. Yesterday, I just did two workouts, three and a half hour walk in the morning, hour and a half in the evening. I was pretty happy with all of that. Um, if you go back here to uh, the heart rate for the day I like this feature on here too you can see the yesterday I did almost 7 hours of walking and uh, the day before was only 5.5 but that's because I didn't have my Fitbit on for a little bit of that work out weight loss has been very confusing I got down to 114 kilos last week and then I went crazy this week. I think, though, when I weighed myself yesterday, I was at 116 again. So, I don't know. I put on some water weight. I didn't take my Lasix one of the days. And I think that kind of screwed me up. And as you can see here, um, the year trend. It looks better this way. Three months. Got kind of crazy. Bring it back down. And then the year trend almost getting back to where I was before the fall. And then, uh, I like uh, showing here, you can see here I couldn't sleep the night before, so at 11.30 at night I got on the treadmill and did a really slow 2.75 miles. And then in the morning did 11 miles, a little bit better, with some stops along the way at Swiss Bakery and stuff like that. And then a uh, Happy Jack's walk that morning. Um, Another thing I wanted to show here was training peaks. And you can see my fatigue is 135. Fitness is 120, but the form is minus 33. So definitely feeling the effects and pretty beat up. So that's kind of the uh, stats for uh, three days, 72 hours in, 70 hours in. Three more to go. Definitely get my 100 miles and then... Uh, be good, just do. So, as always, stay healthy, be boring, not epic. Well, do you ever head out the door thinking, I'm feeling pretty good, I can go out and do some more miles. Did the 10 and took a little bit of a break. I was like, I'm feeling good. I'll go put in two or three more hour miles. Since I was at 50, slowly get to that 100. And as soon as I left the door, I was like, oh, I'm tired. Uh, this morning I went to a local establishment, Smith's Bakery. It's my A station right now. Happy Jacks, there's the Fox Theater. Beautiful day, Happy Jacks. Been around for 30, 40 years. Um, I opened my record store in 87 and they were around then. 87 to 1987 to 2006. So I just ordered a burger. We'll grab the burger and walk home, get three and a half miles. Why virtual racing is a little better than in the real world racing is you get to pick your aid stations. Well, Happy Jack's was a damn good aid station. I was dragging there, 52 plus miles into this thing, and uh, just got the old burger to go. Small little restaurant, it only has like 20 seats, small counter. Been around since 1980 with the owners that are there now. I guess it was 10 years before that, the guy opened it up. I've known the owner, in fact, this green building here, World Records, I used to work there in the 80s before I opened up Andy Noise Records. I worked at World Records in 1980 to 82 or so. Anyways, uh, Happy Jack's, great burgers. They also have pies. I've never been a pie fan. They look good. People love their pies, but man, their burgers are just the freshest. And it's interesting because the uh, owner goes to Smart and Final, which I shop at, which I'm gonna walk by in a minute, all the time. I gotta follow him around, see what he's buying, but I don't think he buys the meat and the buns at Smart and Final. Because I mean, they have the freshest buns and really great meat, cooked just right. They really hit the spot. Put a little pep in my step. Maybe I'll crank out five miles and get to 55. 
in about 55 hours, which is what the snowdrop. But yeah, Happy Jacks is the family owns it. Um, I knew their kids. Of course, their kids are probably in their 40s now. Big soccer family, played in college. In fact, one of their sons lives two doors down from me and is a fireman along with his wife. And they got a bunch of kids now in high school that I often see they have a really good catering business going on too. In fact, one of my good friends that I used to cycle with a lot, Keith, who went and rode in Europe back in the early 80s, he married the daughter. So that's what I love about small towns kind of is you get to know a lot of people. So really glad I stopped power on here and maybe get in five miles stop for 55 guys a few minutes ago before that burger i was dragging well i'm here on elm street a street that i walk up and down once or twice a day for years and years and years I live in the same area for 30 plus years um you know i started running 79 ran my first marathon 1980 but i didn't do my first 100 mile training week uh, mainly because when I was in college, I probably only did 60, 70 miles because of school and stuff. And then I jumped in the triathlon world for a number of years. And so my running mileage was never big. So I didn't really get my mileage going until 2006. I started coaching Bakersfield High with my son was a freshman. And I was doing 70 or 80. Got my first Garmin and tried to get to 100. I didn't get to 100 till 2009. And I remember being so exhausted and beat up and then as I am now I'm walking and so you know to get 100 miles in a week you know you've got to do you know you know, got to do 17 miles a day or whatever so you're looking at six seven hours of walking every day and uh, 2009 I finally got it and then I want to tear because I started doing all those hundreds and 2011 through just a year or two ago but it helps to average 100 miles a week for a year when you're doing you know, 48 hour and six day races kind of helps pad the numbers. And of course this year I only did 3000 and my biggest week was the week I did 73 way back in January, <clears throat> 73 miles in a 24 hour race for 118 for the week. So even though in my head, I'm thinking, oh man, 106 days, it's pretty doable. I got to realize that it was 2009 before I finally did a hundred mile week. Um, on my own, well, period. So I'm gonna keep at it. Nice days like this. Finish this up. I'll be at 55 with 88 hours or so to go. So it's looking good. And I'm really looking forward to getting home, taking a bit of a break. Kind of look at the David Goggins numbers where you know he has this challenge where you do four miles every four hours. I think I can do two miles every four hours and get my 100. So I might actually try and do that. Just kind of an interesting take on it. Just go out at 6 p.m., 10 p.m., 2 a.m., 6 a.m., and just do uh, two miles at a time or so and chunk it out like that. Make it a little more challenging than taking, you know, eight hours off, especially since my sleep has been so jacked up since I started this thing because the old body's thinking, hey, He's taking us out for our early migration. Like I'm some damn caribou reindeer up in the frozen tundra. Thankfully, it's absolutely gorgeous out here today. And it's been a nice, beautiful day. And hopefully it'll continue on. Well, my post-congestive heart failure hospitalization, my sleep used to be really good. I was getting six, seven hours a night, 80 scores. And now I'm doing this little uh, six days in the home and sleeping terribly. In fact, last night I was up till two, I slept from 2.30 to like six o'clock. It's nice and cold. We had some snow the other day, but that made it warmer here in Bakersfield in the 50s. But today it's uh, probably about 35 degrees out right now. And I stayed in bed a little later, off to do a 10 miler, which would get me from 40 to 50 miles, which be about what a normal week would be. So looking forward to getting out there and getting the miles in. Six days in the dome, or six cross years, third day. Victor Villas, if you're at the Kuros 2013-2014 cross years, you remember Victor, little guy, probably half my size. I believe he was from Malta, though he'd been educated here in the States, and really good runner. Had quite a few age group records, and uh, 
he um, <clears throat> was terrassing around the course, flying along, and probably by this day, you know, started day two, he was probably way past 100 miles. I was at barely 100 miles. He, oh yeah, honestly, um, I mean, he was getting close to 200 probably. And uh, it was funny, when I got to 300, which was my goal, with about 12 hours to go in the race, um, Michael, uh, Michael Allen, an older gentleman who had owned lots of world record, American records in ultra distancing, came up to me and started talking to me. And then he took me to the leaderboard. He said, you know, you're in 11th place. Anthony and Victor in ninth, 10th, and I can't remember which way it was. And uh, he um, said, you know, they're only at 314 miles. So I was at 300, 12 plus hours ago. Victor and Anthony were like 314 or so. So they're definitely catchable and they're catchable because Michael Allen guy who had won an Olympics medal in like the 68 Olympics for cycling. He said, you should catch him. And even though I wasn't really interested in doing such, I figured, well, mile or two an hour and I'll go for it. Well, ended up being an epic battle for that ninth place. But I was sort of concerned that I knew Anthony was having some medical issues. He later on walked 100 miles in under 24 hours to become a centurion. I knew he had some medical issues, but I was worried that Victor was at a hotel. He'd get online because I had excellent tracking and see how close I was and then come out and run me down. Well, <clears throat> he thankfully, because I was being pushed by Martina, I was way past the 315 around and he came out with like an hour to go looked at the leaderboard and started tearing around the course running pretty fast but he ran out of time and so whenever i walk by these apartments i see victor Villas, and i always think of victor later on he showed up the dome and drove a lot of people crazy the dome in alaska in 2014. after the grease fall the johnsburg grease fall in march but before i ended up in the hospital with congestive heart failure um, I couldn't walk, but I could move around. So my friend Scott, who's doing the six day in the home with me, suggested I get a bicycle. I hadn't had a bike in decades for a lot of reasons, mainly because I had way too many people die. But anyways, I came here to Schneider's. It's one of the few places in town that was open during COVID and had bikes. And I bought a bike from them that I now ride at home when I'm doing my cross training and try and ride and do errands, big beefy beach cruiser-like thing. But anyways, that parking lot's where I did the test ride because I figured if I could ride around the parking lot and not fall in front of all the people, then I could get the bike. Uh, Snyder's has been around since like 1908. Used to be in the downtown, the old downtown Baker Street, but it ended up, there was a fire, and so they moved to that new location. One of the few perks of doing a virtual race is you get to pick your poison. Uh, you pick where you're going to get your miles. And so today I walked over here to Smith's Bakery that has amazing uh, maple bars and nice ice cold drinks. So I'll be getting one of them and then continue on about mile two, so about mile 41 or so. Well, miles 40 to 50 are in the books at my uh, six days in the home. Uh, 48 hours was this morning at six. So we're at like 52 hours. So. 50-ish miles in 50 hours. Um, the goal is at least get 100, seeing that my biggest week this entire year has only been 118, and lately I've only been doing about 50 miles. Felt pretty good, it was really cold this morning. Only slept three hours last night because the body just wanted to move. You know, seven years or so this time of year, I'm out walking around all day and night. Don't want to do that by myself, but a virtual run, walk, I'll do it. So, you know, headed to Smith's Bakery, grab something to eat, Finished up my walk, was chit-chatting with Scott, who's got past 100 miles now, out there in Canada, doing it all on the treadmill, which is just insanely crazy to me. And uh, then, thankfully, the weasel met me up for the last couple miles, made that a little bit easier. Gonna eat something, take a shower, probably head back out and uh, get another four or five miles in. Gotta do 16 a day at least to get to 100 for the week. Uh, not 100 for the week, 100 for six days. It's interesting, we were talking about sleep, and I feel really good. 
I only sleep like four or five hours a night anyways, especially before the heart failure type of thing. Now on the meds I'm taking, I'm getting better sleep, like five, six hours. But um, it's like people are like, oh, you know, I envy you, you know, because so many people do cut on sleep. But most people do need eight hours. In fact, seven or eight is what's recommended. My dad was that way. He didn't sleep a whole lot either. Just kind of some people can get away with it. But, you know, it's got a good, it's a good side when you're, you know, young and working and family and all that stuff. But when you get older like me, you know, it just means you got more time to be up. So I already have 18 hour days. And you know, so today it'll be like a 21 hour day, you know, and you got to fill it up with stuff. One of the reasons I do these videos is just kind of keep myself amused and entertained, especially during these times. And I appreciate all of you who do watch videos and, you know, hey, please hit subscribe. I know everybody asks you to do that, but I'm at like 97, I'd like to get to 100 before the end of the year. And, you know, and YouTube is now putting ads supposedly even on videos that aren't monetized, monetizing themselves. So, hey, get me to a thousand someday. So that's about it for today in terms of the morning mile session. And as always, stay healthy, be boring, not epic. Well, I'm ending 2020 like I started 2020 with a workout in the morning. Actually out here a little late because I got a great night's sleep, head out the door and it was raining. I had 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. So I said, heck with that, jumped on the treadmill, did one of their training workouts, the cyclist, a 10K workout, 3.7 miles. And uh, yeah, it was like, I was like, ah, and then I'm out here right now and it's supposed to be rain again, but what makes it unusual, usually when it's rainy like this in Bakersfield, it's warm, like high 40s, 50s. It's like 41 degrees and it's 8.30 in the morning, so that's not good. But I'm gonna go off and do another three or four miles. I'm at, uh, for my six days in the home, I think I'm at like 57 miles. So when I get back, I'll be at 60. So definitely gonna get to my goal of 100 miles in six days. There's a cyclist out here, so hopefully maybe it's gonna stop raining. Uh, so I was gonna say also with the new year coming, all the people got the new year's resolutions. And I'll say one thing, you know, I always say routine beats motivation. So have a routine like I am right now. It's a morning, I'm out here doing it. And for me, I even go out in the evenings too. But you know, just go out and do it in the mornings. Just set up a routine, make it simple. Have a few simple routes. Like right now I'm doing the Foster's Loop. I know it's four miles. I don't have to think about it. Just head out the door. I have two or three other loops that I do and just, you know, set everything again. Routine beats motivation. <clears throat> and I was also talking to someone yesterday about coaching, you know, and you definitely need a coach, need a team. And I'm not hiring, I'm not talking about, you know, like if gyms ever open up again, hiring one of those personal trainer coaches who watches you work out and sets up a plan. Plans aren't worth anything if you don't follow through with them. So what you really need, and you know, like with endurance athletes, you know, there's plenty of great, awesome training programs. I mean, like the one I'm using on Swift right now is really good. You know, the, the and I actually kind of like it because it won't release a workout. It'll give you three, four workouts a week, and it'll say, okay, you can do this one. Won't release it till Tuesday morning, and then you have till like Wednesday afternoon to finish it. And so, you know, don't cram it in, but it gives you reminders. And once the time comes, you just miss the workout and it kind of just shows you and it walks you through it. So you don't need a coach to set up a training program. I mean, yeah, you can have one. Coaches will help you, you know, pick a program, but it's more like, you know, Google half marathon and tons of plans will come up and pick the one that suits you best. Um, I would recommend one where it's a lot of easy miles and build up your strength and go out every day. Um, so, but what you need a coach for is accountability, you know, to make sure you get out there and do it every day and also help you set up a routine. And just, you know, the accountability is the big thing and talking to you and helping you modify things, you know, and having a relationship with you, much like a friendship or a mentorship, you know, and it's more like, you know, when you're in school with teaching, having teachers and, you know, and of course, you know, myself, I've been playing sports since I was very young age. So I always had coaches and you know that's kind of the whole thing i think works best and you see it with the running groups around the world you know the east africans the norwegians way back in the day many of them train as groups and i think and not instead of having one-on-one -on -one coach having a group training atmosphere really works and you see that going on here in the united states especially 
with many different training camps and training groups and Flagstaff and around the country. <clears throat> and I think that's kind of nice because you not only, you know, one, the focus of the coach isn't completely on you, but you also have team and a teammates to uh, stick with it. And you know, and you can create that own little thing online. I know I have half a dozen people who we try and keep each other on the straight and narrow when it comes to training and racing and discussing. And that's something that you can build a community online, of course, now just as well as you can with anything else. So I would highly recommend doing that. Sorry for the moving around here. My hands are really cold. <laughs> and, uh, um, but yeah, so, you know, find a coach or find someone who will keep you on task, but also you can talk to about injuries, can talk to you about upcoming races, what's going on, you know, can know, understands what your life is. I often say like, you know, school teachers, <clears throat> You know, the fall comes, don't schedule a fall race because you're busy with school. Obviously you're a tax person, April's a crazy time. So pick races when you can work on them. And uh, one of the things that was really interesting was, you know, I started coaching in 2006, high school kids, when my son was a freshman, really enjoyed that. And I always tell people when I was coaching high school, we had to push the kids to train and work out hard. And it was more of that. And uh, they had, you know, and we had scheduled breaks and stuff because, you know, they had seasons, cross country season, track season. But but what's funny is in 2009, after I left coaching high school, I started up my own run camp, which was probably one of the first run camps around. I'd never heard of it. My friends had boot camps and I started up a run camp and it kind of the goal was, you know, to finish your first 5K half marathon. And we met a couple times a week, Tuesdays, Thursdays. And we had a really group team aspect and I kind of set it up like you were on a high school cross country team. And I really enjoyed that. It was pretty successful. And that's kind of, and you know, from that start, I also started doing online coaching right in 2009. So what I'm saying is, uh, you know, but what happened was with the kids, I had to push them to get them to, uh, you know, train and work out. And so, but with adults, it was kind of the opposite. I mean, yeah. A lot of the adults are not even out there aren't doing anything, but the people who came out, they were doing too much. So I spent most of my time holding people back and saying no, like, no, you know, you're trying to run, trying to qualify a Boston Marathon. You know, we got Tuesday, Thursday practice, Saturday practice. The rest of the days you need to go easy. So no, don't go to spin classes on Monday and Wednesday. It's not gonna make you, you know, better and qualify for Boston or whatever your goal is. And so I spent a lot of time saying no, slow down, blah, blah, blah. And I think that is also very key. And also like racing too much, picking the wrong races at the wrong time. So, you know, these are things that you should be thinking about for your 2021 and future, you know, and not be in such a hurry. I know, you know, with this whole 2020 and everything being canceled and delayed, you know, you're like, wow, I got to live for today. I'm going to go out and do all the things I haven't been able to do. But kind of look at it in the long term and don't just go rushing into stuff and then realize, you know, you've done too much and just burned out and then not enjoy it anymore. So that's my own little uh, before the new year is get out there and build a community, find a community, find a few people or someone who can keep you on task and keep you going. And as always, stay healthy, be boring, not epic. Like everybody tonight, we're glad that 2020 is almost over. It's eight o'clock at night here in Bakersfield, California. I'm out doing miles for the uh, six days in the home. It's about a 84th hour. I'm somewhere in the 70 mile range. The goal was 100, so I should definitely get there, barring any incidents like I just had. So, you know, this year didn't start off all that well for me anyways. I didn't go to cross years for a bunch of reasons. And I went to Snowdrop 55 hour, which I've always wanted to go do and really enjoyed that race. Flew there, <laughs> did a stupid flight where I flew to Georgia, Atlanta, and then back to Houston. So, but it was all working good. But right before I left, my youngest son was really sick, congested and uh, <clears throat> all kinds of stuff. And he was sick at Christmas. I flew out on like the 28th or 29th. And unfortunately in that race, first day I started 
feeling sick, kind of the whole COVID symptoms and uh, cough and congestion, not much else going on. You know, I ended up getting to like 70 something miles on like, <clears throat> and I had plenty of time. I had to do th 30 miles and I had, you know, quite a bit of time on the clock, like, oh shoot, like 17 hours or something, something like that. But I just couldn't breathe. I was pumping NyQuil at my Airbnb and just decided I was flying home. There's no way I could make it home. If I went out and walked around for another, you know, 15 hours with a terrible cold, came home, was sort of sick for a week or so, it lingered, and then uh, did the Celtic 24 hour about three weeks afterwards. Somehow did 73 miles there, and then of course, and bringing in tonight's topic discussion. So I'm out here in the dark doing my F Street Elms loop. In fact, this is what I call Nightfall on Elm, not Nightmare on Elm. And a uh, uh, beautiful big orange moon came up this evening and did a two and a half mile walk. Wanted to get something to drink, so I was gonna head to my McDonald's and it's about a mile from my house and they closed at seven on New Year's. I mean, I feel bad for people having to work at McDonald's and on New Year's, but I was like, seven o'clock, you're closing? You know, it's like, this is an eating night. So that was kind of crazy. So then I walked over to Taco Bell and at least they were open. I got a quick something to eat just to, cause I want to try and get, I did four at five o'clock and then I took a break and now I'm kind of gonna get out five more before I hit the bed. And uh, so I'm walking along back on F Street and that's the street that me and Louise will walk on all the time. It's our F loop, the F Street loop. And of course it's a busy street and if you listen to this podcast or videos, I mean, you know, we bitch about it all the time about all the urban outdoorsmen living on it. Back the other day, one young lady lit a fire on it and the fire truck had to come out. So it's a wild and crazy place, you know, but it's only like eight o'clock at night and I'm already kind of apprehensive about walking there. And so I walked by the infamous John's Burger where I slipped on their burger grease back in March couldn't walk for six, seven weeks. And then I ended up in the hospital at the end of April <clears throat> with the diagnosis of congestive heart failure. So, you know, that always have to walk by that place every day, remembering the day that I got hurt so bad. First injury I've had in 40 years and pretty scary. I mean, the silver lining is it did make me go to the doctor and now I'm on blood pressure medicine and other thing and I'm sleeping better and probably a lot healthier now than I was pre fallen away so you know i'm walking by there thinking oh gosh and there's that damn place so i'm walking along haven't encountered any urban outdoorsmen and then up ahead two guys are already camping out not in like you know the doorways or something just smack dab in the middle of the sidewalk and that's my biggest thing it's like okay i get it but do you have to just right in the middle of the sidewalk on this busy street so i remember to lesson I learned heard from I think Joe Rogan and you know now I've been watching Cobra Kai as many of you have um I listen to Bill Simmons podcast and he does this thing called rewatchables which I really enjoy and he did a rewatchables and a lot of times the shows he's doing are movies I might have seen or I didn't see but it's kind of fun to watch them and then listen to them dish on them and so the one coming up was Karate Kid and I never saw Karate Kid I think I was a little too old when I came out <clears throat> and my kids have no interest. So I watched Karate Kid, pretty goofy. Yeah, and okay, entertaining movie, I guess. And then uh, uh, listened to Bill Simmons' Rewatchables, which was hilarious. And I thought, you know what? Now I'll watch Cobra Kai. Uh, Bill even had um, the Joey Lawrence guy, I guess, on his show. It was interesting talking to him. So I've been watching Cobra Kai. So I'm on all this martial arts, you know, mentality. And I remember as I'm walking towards these homeless guys, I remember Joe Rogan on his show, and I don't remember if it was him said it or someone said it, about how there was a dojo and the young people that were in the dojo were walking to the dojo. And this is ages ago, so it's an old story. And they're walking along being young men and goofing around. And then up ahead, as they're walking, um, they notice, you know, there's, this is back in the day with horse-drawn carriages and stuff. And then they're walking along and all of a sudden a horse just kicks from out of nowhere and 
the young man in the lead who's the best student just cat-like reflexes like the matrix just falls away and avoids getting kicked and you know his mates are like oh my gosh that was so amazing and they're so excited because they want to go you know when they go see the sensei the the that their teacher, they just can't wait to tell him the story of how he avoided getting kicked by the horse. So they get to the dojo and they're all excited, but they calm down and they said, Sensei, you should have seen, you know, the, we almost got kicked by a horse, but he made a spectacular move and didn't get kicked. And the Sensei looks on very disapprovingly and is not pleased with his students whatsoever. And the students are confused. And the sensei said, he's like, you should have never had to avoid being kicked by the horse. You should have seen the horse and buggy and walked over to the other side of the street and avoided the confrontation completely. And so I've always kind of lived that way and thought that way. So as I'm walking towards these guys, you know, it's like nothing good's gonna come by me walking by. You know, maybe they'll leave me alone, but they're in the middle of the street anyway, so I'm gonna have to step out of the street, or, you know, they're gonna hit me up for money. It's funny, they always ask me for cigarettes. I'm always like, I wish I'd be, you know, it'd be great if I was actually able to walk fast enough that they actually thought I was out here exercising. But of course, I do look like a homeless Santa. So I think I'm gonna do the smart thing. There's a big parking lot right off to the left where they usually have a farmer's market. I'll just go through this little break here and walk over there and avoid dealing with these guys, doing what the sensei would think would proper. Of course, I walk through the little dirt patch and kick the shit out of one of the damn farmer markers stakes. Thankfully, I kind of did it in the instep and I've always had the adage that when you hurt yourself, just keep moving. And so I almost destroyed my six days in the home with kicking the shit out of that thing, literally a hundred yards away from the damn John's Burger. And I was thinking, wow, it would've been great if I'd had to call Blanca again. I'd say, hey, can you come pick me up? <laughs> same place, same bat channel. Cause she picked me up at five in the morning when I slipped banana fall, Pratt fall in the baking, uh, baking the John's Burger grease. So that was just pretty damn annoying to just fall. I mean, it didn't fall cause I've been doing all this cross training. Uh, thank you, Kettleball, thank you, Pavel and the cross training Smartwood app. I'm a lot more agile, even though I've got 70 plus miles in my legs in three and a half days. So just never ending. And right now I'm here, I'm on Nightfall in Elm and uh, it's uh, pretty quiet for uh, New Year's Eve. But I walked by this place earlier and you can see all the cars. These people are having a big party and the signage in front of the house is happy 60th birthday. You know, we're right now, California, COVID crazy and hospitals are full. And it's happy birthday 60th, Melly Bobby. So, oh well. But as I always say, stay healthy, be boring, not epic. The last 2020 sunset for us this year out here walking through Yogas Park where I had the Baker's Resistance Project from 2009 to uh, 2017 or so. And of course, also where the Bakersfield Distance, Distance Project, the Bakersfield High School team that I coached, we met here at Yogas Park. It was our home field for uh, races from 2006 to 2009 as well. Just uh, getting some more miles in, so I'll get past 60. I guess I have to have 66 miles in four days. And, uh, oh, wait a minute. I'm not even sure now. But putting in some more miles, so I have 16, 17 for the day. Feeling really good. My legs are completely recovered. I'm back to actually my normal pace, which is quite nice to be at. Had to do some math there on the fly. Kind of tired. And yeah, I gotta be at 66.6 .6 miles on day four to get my 100. So probably by the time I get done with this, I'll be 68, 69. Nice to have a little bit of a cushion. Interesting today, you know, just uh, all the COVID news, of course. And, <coughs> you know, California is definitely going crazy as I cough, but 
That's my old exercise-induced coffee compaction. I chew this gum. I used to, I've always had an exercise-induced asthma, you know, about 15, 20 minutes from my house now. And especially going past this highway, 99's behind me. It just affects me. And for a few years, I would have like cough drops to kind of alleviate the cough. Cause it got so bad, I would sometimes cough and almost feel like I was cracking a rib. But unfortunately those cough drops, sucking on them, kind of jacked up my already jacked up teeth. So that wasn't good. So then I found sugarless gum and I find chewing on it <clears throat> alleviates some of the coughing. You know, it's kind of the moisture and just the chewing action. And a lot of times I don't need it, but it's nice to have. In fact, I head out the door and I don't have it in my pocket. I almost feel like someone who doesn't have their inhaler. It's like, oh gosh, I don't have my gum. And, and it's actually um, just kind of like security blanket. Yes, for you medical people out there, I've had an inhaler. Didn't really seem to work a lot. And it was just one more thing I really didn't want to get dependent on. And then my asthma is not as bad as Blancus, of course. And, you know, and that's one of the reasons we're trying to stay socially distanced and away from people as much as possible through all this. You know, of course, I lost a hiking friend, Craig, to COVID a couple weeks ago. More and more people I know are getting it or losing people from it. So, you know, it's up to 3,000 people a day. I think maybe up to 400,000 by January 20th. And um, a good friend of mine who I know was exposed to it recently at a family gathering over Christmas. And now it's quarantined for two weeks. Hope her and everyone are safe. So the thing is definitely real. But in fact, I'm purposely not door dashing this week because I knew so many people would be getting together on Christmas. And though door dashing is pretty safe in that I just grab bags from restaurants and drop them off at doors and don't see people. Still, what's the point of the risk? You know, the DoorDash money is more my go-to-race money, which I haven't been doing. Um, what's really crazy, though, is here in California, restaurants are only supposed to be doing takeout delivery. But, you know, some of the older school restaurants, especially you go buy some of these, you know, Greasy Spoon Cafe kind of places, a bunch of guys my age or older, you know, go there every day. And so they're still doing their ritual, and you can't tell all those guys. You know, they can't, they gotta wear a mask if the place is closed. They just kind of walk in and rush over to poor people that work at the places. And I mean, of course, a lot of people that work in there need to pay their bills. So I go into restaurants often and see a bunch of guys who look like me sitting there, no mask, obviously don't live in the same household. And it's just like business as usual, which I guess is okay, but these guys are all old and fat, the perfect person for COVID to get. Today we saw kind of an unfortunate scene when we were walking by one of these places this morning in Blanca. We saw a table of eight Kern County sheriffs all sitting at a table having a late breakfast. And, you know, if they're a fireman, I'd be like, okay, maybe they're uh, all in the same firehouse and they should probably just be eating at the firehouse. Now, so you got eight guys who I'm sure have families and friends all exposing each other at breakfast for a meal. Just pretty crazy, but it's just so many people just don't want to listen. And then the LA Times was saying how like 20, 30% of healthcare workers in Los Angeles County don't want to take the vaccine. This anti-science thing is just crazy. How can you be in the healthcare business and not be like, yeah, I'm gonna take it. And in some like Riverside, which is kind of like Kern County, it's like up to 50% are refusing to take the vaccine. Just, just crazy, insane. I'll leave this with kind of on this walk I'm going through Jokic right now. It's actually kind of nice here. Um, walk by the skateboard park at Beach Park that I helped build years ago when I had my record store. And it was funny, you know, there's probably 60, 70 kids out there. Lots of scooters, because I'm sure they got them for Christmas. But the craziest thing was, not really crazy, is probably the 60 kids, five or six, were wearing masks. I mean, you don't expect skateboarders and kids on scooters to wear a mask. But it was interesting just to see that there were some young people masked up. And it was cool, interesting. But then like, there's a pool that was built there to skate. There's like a half a dozen guys sitting there taking a turn right in the pool. One guy with a really good mask. The other four or five guys unmasked, 
passing around a joint. Just kind of crazy, of course. Don't get me started on marijuana usage. I don't care if you smoke. It's just I can't go through a park nowadays without feeling like I'm at a reggae concert. So, anyways, everyone have a good, safe, and stay-at-home New Year's. And get out there and start your new routine for 2021. And stay healthy. Be boring, not epic. Can someone explain to me why athletic shorts have drawstrings that should be on Victoria's Secret lingerie? They make it so that those damn knots or your tie bows come loose all the time. I've been rocking these big baggy shorts way before Courtney and like wearing them. But man, the drawstrings, the tie to keep them up, you know, they should put them on, like I said, lingerie, which you want to have taken off easily. Not on athletic apparel. I spent so much time pulling my pants up or retying the bow. <laughs> Finishing up mile 100 in the six days in the home. Uh, and I'm going to be doing it in a little under 106 hours, which isn't any big deal. But this is the first time I've actually gotten past 100 miles in a race of sorts since 2019. I, when I finished uh, cross years with something over 200 miles, you know, 250 or something like that. But, you know, 219 was just terrible. I dropped out of blue 72 at mile 70 or so. Went to the dome and didn't even get 100K. That's six days at the dome. <clears throat> and then I went to Snowdrop last uh, New Year's and got sick and was dropped out at 75. So at least I finished something for a change. So the plan was 100 all along. Didn't think I'd get it in under four and a half days. Average moving pace was under 31 hours, sub 19. So that was good. I really thought it was gonna take me all six. I started off when 18, 18, 18, but yesterday I did 24. And so that's why I kind of got the idea of finishing it up today. I'll probably do some miles tomorrow. I'll probably get to like 110. Of course, back in 2013, I did my first solo six days in the home. I didn't call it that back then, but uh, and I did 211 miles. But this was far more difficult in a way because I had such a terrible 2019 of just dropping out of things mentally. And then, of course, in March, had the Johnsburger Grease Fall, where I basically couldn't walk for six weeks. Then when I could, I was doing like 30, 40 minute miles. Had to call Blanca to pick me up many times after I'd been out for a mile. And then I couldn't breathe. And it got so bad at the end of April, I went to the hospital. If you know me, I hate doctors. Ever since I went to UC San Diego with all of them. <clears throat> and I uh, um, checked myself in the hospital and we couldn't breathe, diagnosed with just a heart failure, you know, and the rest is history. Uh, I kind of went out and did this workout, taking my Lasix, just isn't a good idea. This morning, it was really cold, nobody out on the bike path. This afternoon is absolutely gorgeous, it's like 60 degrees out here, and you take the Lasix, you gots to go pee, and it's kind of difficult to go pee. There's so many people around, so that was kind of amusing, but I guarantee you the, the drugs, making my quality of life probably better but definitely taking the edge off my competitive ability um, the blood pressure medicine especially in the past I've taken it and it just kind of slows you down but hey I'm almost 58 started endurance racing in 1979 so now I'm in my sixth decade of racing 70s 80s 90s O's 10s and now the 20s ran my first marathon in 1980 so I got 80s 90s O's 10s Got to do a marathon sometime in the 20s, which I'm sure I will this year once COVID ends. Go kind of, I've done 10 states where I've done an ultra and I kind of like to add to that list. So glad I'm done with this. Um, a lot of miles, I walked all the way uh, and the feet were hurting as they always do. I saw a little bit, but uh, I want to thank my friend Scott who was doing a six day and me and him kind of just said, hey, why don't we throw it up on the internet? I mean, I came up with that in six days in the home. We got a few people doing it with us. My buddy, Abby, up in Portland, she's probably over hundred now. I think she was beforehand. 
So we'll have to see how they do. <clears throat> and uh, looking forward to getting home and having some pot stickers. Uh, they already texted me and said, hey, the food's on the table. And I'm almost home in a few minutes. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I done, I think this would be my ninth, sixth day. Did two solos. Uh, did the dome twice. One time I did 270. I went for 400, blew up, didn't get to three. And then last, 2019, I just went home after 60 miles. And then I did five at Across the Years. The first one was the best one, 322. And I did a 315 at 200 and a couple somewhere in the mid 250s. One time I left after four days. So I think I'm done with these six days. They're just way too much. Even if you're only trying to do 100, still if you're walking, you know, doing 16 miles a day, you know, you're talking three miles an hour. So six, seven hours of walking around. If I had somebody with me, it's a different competition, but doing these solo virtual got to hand it to people who can do this stuff i'm just not a solo kind of guy so y'all have a great new year's if you're watching this video please subscribe i know everybody asks you to do that but i'm at 97 i like to get to 100 and then of course i'd love to get to a thousand and as always stay healthy be boring not epic